Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. Hello, I'm Annie. <laughs> we are coming to you from Kelly's office, uh, our, our Cleveland facility. Um, so uh, we came up to uh, check in on what's happening with the, uh, the Cleveland reproductive rights movement. How's it going? Oh, it's going okay, Gabe. Thanks for asking. <laughs> we in Cleveland are still fighting continuously in the dawn of a new administration, and we have a daunting battle ahead, but we fight on. <laughs> you, you sound thrilled. I Yeah, I'm a little sick, uh, physically sick uh, today, so um, it may uh, sound like it affects my mood, but I'm actually in a pretty good mood. I had a great meeting last night down in Akron, and we're doing a lot of base building this season and have had um, some very successful gatherings and events and been doing a lot of actions, and people are very motivated, so I can't be uh, too sad. Good. Just a little sniffly. Um, that's okay. Well, excuse the sniffles. How did the Row Together uh, event up here go? Cleveland was uh, the the second event of these adv- uh, activist boot camps that we've had. Right. Um, the Cleveland event was chaotic to set up, but was a okay. stunning success, I thought, from a tabling perspective. Uh, we did a lot of the organizing, Pam and I, in, the, in coalition with Freedom of Choice Cleveland, Uh, And we had a lot of meetings to get everything uh, hammered out to figure out how we could put about 12 different organizations in a space together so that everyone could have a chance to visit all 12 organizations and do an action with each one of them while also having an informational panel beforehand with uh, Jennifer Branch, the lawyer um, in charge of defending a lot of Ohio's clinics, abortion clinics right now, which are under legal siege via trap laws, uh, as well as Representative Stephanie House, Rabbi Robert Nosenchuk from the Fairmount Temple um, on the east side of Cleveland around in Beechwood neighborhood. And we also had uh, Chris France, the director of preterm, where we are reporting out of right now, the uh, feminist um, whole care abortion clinic in Northeast Ohio. That's great. Um, So Cincinnati was success. Yeah. Columbus event was a success. I hear I heard that. Yeah. Cleveland had a very good turnout. We had a lot of snow that day, so we didn't have quite as many as we thought. Um, Originally, we had. Well over uh, 400 people try and get on um, the, the list, and we had about 350 on the list and then maybe like 80 or so on the waiting list. So we were expecting a bunch of people. We got about 250, so we filled the SEIU Union Hall regardless. That's um, incredible. And we had planned for more overflow, but we didn't end up having to use as much of the overflow space as we needed, which was helpful because people were able to navigate um, the space a little bit easier. The SEIU is like a maze, but everybody was get, able to get to all 12 stations and do um, 6 to 12 different social actions in one evening each so nice. um at the narrow table we were writing uh letters to uh rob portman asking him not to support um the scotus nominee from the gop which we'll talk about soon but um we had about 170 letters written that night that's incredible for 250 people showing up so i thought that was pretty good um i w- uh, certainly wouldn't have expected to get all of them and i was trying to get as many folks as possible to sign a personal letter to him so I uh, signed and or they signed and then I um, stamped and sealed the envelopes and mailed them out. So right, 
we uh we did pretty well from my perspective yeah so to put that 250 people um uh to compare it to lobby day our average lobby day that you know we have an advocacy day at the state house we're looking at 125 to 150 175 would be a, a, massive a blessing crowd. Yeah. yeah and so for that to be just the turnout for the cleveland uh, 175 was just the ones who wrote letters at the Cleveland event. Right. Um, you know, 250 in Columbus. Uh, I'm not quite sure exactly what uh, Cincinnati was. It was well over 200 people. Um, we had over 150 in Dayton uh, this past weekend. Randy and I were over there. Nice. Um, Dayton Women's Rights Alliance, Planned Parenthood for Our Future. We put on the, the Dayton version of the activist boot camp. Um, you know, really terrific set of discussions. Uh, got people um, informed about what they need to do to write letters to the editor into the paper. Uh, we'll put all the links to Ohio newspapers uh, in the show notes so that you can write to your local newspaper. Um, you know, we told people, listen, you don't have to write a massive, you know, you know, novel. You don't have to write the great American novel about pro-life versus pro-choice and where you stand. Two sentences. Write two sentences. Send that to your local newspaper. You know, nobody reads the long ones. Everybody glances at the short ones. And if you glance at it, you read it. Short letters, you know, don't send it to, you know, a huge letter to one paper. Send three short letters to three papers. We Um, have lists if you need help uh, knowing where to send those letters to, by the way. Yeah. Um, What we can't do is we can't write the letter for you. Right. You know, because then that's just our words. We're not looking for our words. We're looking for your words. Um, and that was the message to, uh, to our, you know, the people in me and Randy's session. Um, you know, short letters, write a lot of letters. Um, don't spend a whole lot of time. Just say that, you know, you support access to safe and legal abortion in Ohio because state your reason, send it to the paper. Um, if you send that into a small community newspaper and it's the only letter on abortion that they got this week, you're probably getting printed that's a win you know that's that's how we begin to to really get that message across in in small town ohio Mm -hmm. the more we can shift the local conversation the more people will come forward and start to talk about issues that uh they've maybe been personally affected by but didn't know they could talk about so it's a way of slowly shifting the cultural landscape in how we talk about access and and agency and bodily autonomy and the and yes abortion so yeah uh, we'd love to get your letters. Yeah, that that was that was a great question that I got from somebody in Dayton. Was you know with with such such gridlock, how do you get through? Um, and you know that was my suggestion was take it out of the, you know, pro life versus pro choice set of labels. And you know, funding for Planned Parenthood, you know, you don't have to talk about how you know this is a, you know, important part of the feminist movement. No, it's you know. If your sister needs to have somebody look at her cervix to make sure that she doesn't have a cancerous polyp, that's why we need to protect Planned Parenthood funding. It's not because of, you know, a political movement. You know, yes, maybe it is connected, but people need care at the doctor's office. You know, that should be the end of this conversation. Correct. So that's where we're at. Um Speaking of the bigger movement, though, you mentioned uh, the Supreme Court nominee, Neil Gorsuch. Um, so, uh, had the, had the letters go. (laughs) 
Um, people have a varying response when you uh, give them a partially written letter, which is what we did. We um, gave a half sheet of the beginning of an argument to Rob Portman asking him um, to not support Gorsuch's nomination because of his track record with LGBT issues, with environmental issues, with women's rights issues, and with abortion. Um, so those were uh, the sort of foundation that we laid for people to elaborate on if they wanted and we got a variety of answers from just people signing their name and putting their zip code uh to writing like a very long detailed rant like it's Merrick Garland's seat which it is and um just really unleashing uh, a lot of uh feeling and then I gave them basic guidelines you know like I don't you know you can write whatever you would like just don't use threatening language um (laughs) and then people sort of like would spend either you know like just a minute or even five to ten minutes writing a letter and then would get through you know that part of the the evening's worth of activities and then move on um and then i had them put them in an unsealed envelope collected them did some quality control folded them up and figured it out so i got a um, variety of responses and the nice thing about the letter that we set up is that you don't have to add flourishes if you don't want to but if you do we obviously appreciate your own voice and opinion yeah personalization is is you know the whole ball game with these um if if a an aide to a U.S. senator opens up 175 envelopes. Um, you know they're they're probably going to look at the ones that have more personalized content to them. Um, just a few words on a piece of paper adds a tremendous amount of value in communicating that to somebody who is preparing notes for. Uh, you know, a senator getting ready to take that vote. Right. And Um, that's becoming all the more important with a SCOTUS nominee who has been quoted by the SCOTUS blog as being particularly akin to uh, Justice Scalia's uh, voting records and um, various rulings and has had a track record of being very on par with his uh, style of legal interpretation. So, Right. We, We haven't had a hearing for Gorsuch yet. Um uh, but already, uh, Ohio Republicans are asking Sherrod Brown to uh, rethink his opposition to the vote. Sherrod Brown has said that he will not be supporting this nominee uh, because um, of his previous rulings, uh, talking about how corporations are people and they have the right to <laughs> right mm-hmm. to religious objections over their employees, um, anti-discrimination and uh, criminal justice protections. Um, you know that I think there's an understood threat towards uh, um, protecting healthcare uh, for places like Planned Parenthood. Um, so Dave Yost, the state auditor, uh, said that he is calling on Sherrod Brown to rescind his original position to have an open mind and judge this matter on the merits. Um, to which I personally read that and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> Ooh, spicy talk. <laughs> you know, well, where was this? the for for merrick garland you know where was this concern hold a damn hearing that they refused to do that yeah where was this call on rob portman to call for a hearing not to vote yes or no right but to hold a vote to say yes there's a nominee on the table for the highest court in the land let's hear what the guy has to say before we reject him right and we waited and waited so to follow up that excessive political cowardice with uh, Dave Yost saying that he thinks that Sherrod Brown should give this consideration. That's absurd. So I, I was shocked when I read this. It's in the uh, plain dealer today. Um, 
you know, following up uh, somebody who who doesn't get a hearing, doesn't get an up or down vote, and they're saying, no, no, you should actually vote for this guy. It's absurd. Yep. So. Some gall. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's big in the news today uh, is the Trump administration um, removing an Obama rule um, that talks about transgender students having access to the bathroom uh, that matches the gender with which they identify. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, my thoughts are, <laughs> hmm, as a queer person who occasionally identifies as non-binary, um, I have a lot of issues uh, from my personal experience, um, but I have a lot of issues uh, in how... Um, you know, for, for a person who's coming of age, I'm, you know, of the millennial generation and in the past uh, eight years of the Obama administration, we saw a drastic cultural shift around how people dealt with LGBT issues. Um, transgender rights are finally getting the spotlight they needed decades ago when the gay rights movement was taking off after Stonewall. Um, and we have seen so much drastic cultural shifting. I mean, uh, you know, everyone is just, of course, gay marriage is, is okay. You know, when um, a decade ago, when I was was just coming out um it was very much not okay to talk about and in the the last decade or so for as much progress as we saw and then have it to be finally started to um uh, receive institutional protections from the obama administration and feel like oh man we won something we have this tangible victory and to have that just be completely erased it's just it's yet another way that the Trump administration is um, completely eliminating hope from progressive movements and progressive spaces to just see all this all this work that we put in just crumble before us because um, you know the GOP can argue that it's a you know like a state by state uh, protections kind of thing and the federal government should never have intervened but really um, people with conscience and people who have um, passion for civil rights and have worked in civil rights movements realize that this is just another way in which you can roll back um, the rights and protections of people who already receive a lot of scrutiny from a conservative culture that runs rampant throughout our country and rules that um, these people are dangerous or are a threat just for being who they are when um, we have, you know, so little understanding for them already and see them as this other group, Um, you know, queer people and especially trans people are especially at risk now um, already in 49 out of 50 states, you can legally kill a trans woman for um, being under quote unquote trans panic, Um, i.e. you see you find out that they are are transgender and you panic for your own personal safety. So you're killing them is justified in every state but California. This is considered legal. So already it's dire and and we're in this sort of distraction um, debate about bathrooms but really fundamentally what they're saying is all transgender people are predators they do deserve to die if you encounter one they might try to you know like cause harm to you it's a way of othering this group of very vulnerable citizens and making them even more vulnerable and subject to the criminal justice system which is very unjust and would likely um, create even more of a dangerous environment for people um, who get caught up in that sway Right. So, and and to open the door to all of that through trying to tell a kid that they can't pee in that potty, is is just the definition of evil. I mean, that's that's where the you know yeah. <laughs> this segment of this debate 
you know, should should stop. I look at it from a from a parent's point of view, and you know, if you have concern over some kid using the bathroom, you damn well be better be their parent, guardian, you know, maybe their kindergarten teacher. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that they wiped and washed their hands, and if you're not in that parental, you know, group. If you're not caring for your own child, then you're probably pretty creepy thinking this much about a kid using a bathroom. It's it's just a toilet, people. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, so this uh, this specific decision by the Trump administration has, I mean, obviously it impacts kids all across Ohio and uh, all across the country, including in Ohio. Um, it also affects uh, legal decisions that have been made by uh, federal courts here in the U.S., uh, here in Ohio. Uh, in the Columbus Dispatch today, uh, they're talking about a decision uh, from Highland Local School District in Ohio. Uh, the 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals uh, ruled that the district had to respect children's uh, use of the bathroom in the locker room based on their gender identity. Uh, there's a good quote in here um, from Shannon Minter. She's the legal director for the National Center for Lesbian Rights. Um, she said that uh, the transgender rule sends a terrible message to transgender students that this administration doesn't care about them or support them. I think that's true. Yeah. Uh, Pam uh, in our office, our development director, found uh, she sent me a link to a terrific um, video series. Uh, It's on Amazon. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. Uh, It's called This Is Me. And they have a specific episode of this. Uh, with two transgender individuals just literally hanging out in a bathroom talking about, um, you know, how absurd these bathroom rules are. Um, And how it affected them personally and have created um, various traumas uh, in the socialization around bathroom spaces and how we use that to police people of other identities. Right. That's your phone. Hi, Mom. <laughs> uh, so we'll put a link to this in the show notes. It was a, a short video. We'd watched it before this thing started. It was like all of 10 minutes, but uh, definitely eye-opening of just how this, you know, does uh, relate to to basic, you know, personal dignity um, and how we should be, uh, you know, rejecting Trump's uh, proposal. So, uh, so those are the political hot topics. Um What's uh what's coming up in terms of events uh, in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, tonight there is a town hall uh, that I might be checking out, put on by MoveOn.org at the St. James AME Church in Cleveland on 8401 Cedar Avenue. It's a town hall that we uh, that the uh, progressive uh, groups in Northeast Ohio put on saying, well, uh, Rob Portman isn't having a town hall to hear from any of us, save for one very expensive fundraiser in Fremont, Ohio. Which so we're going to have... Democrats are officially uninvited to. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm sure he'll hear a lot of dissenting opinions from his constituency yeah, right. there. Ha ha ha. Yes. So we, um, we being, you know, like progressive Cleveland, I wasn't really an organizer, but... Um, if you only Art. sell tickets to your friends, it's not a town hall, Senator Portman. Right. So the, uh, essentially there's like a protest town hall where we um, invited him to show up to St. James tonight and have a town hall from 630 to 830 and uh, try and ask him some questions from his actual progressive constituency, which is a good majority of, you know, like many parts of Northeast Ohio. So 
um, that's coming up. Uh, we are going to do a Cleveland um, Stitch and Bitch with the Feminists uh, on March 7th at Prosperity Social Club. Um, so people can email Annie at prochoiceohio.org to get an invitation and a link to the event. Um, it's where we gather and do various crafts for a couple of hours at a restaurant or bar or coffee shop and uh, work on the crafts and talk about um, various pro-choice updates from Ohio statewide and then have, you know, just sort of a chance to unburden our feelings and emotions about the current administration. And then we'll probably do some letter writing to uh, Senator Portman as well. Um so, like I said, that is March 7th. Um, we are in the works for setting the final date for um, our Roe Toledo event, which will be the final uh, of the Roe series. Um, and it's looking like that's going to be Thursday, March 16th at Handmade Toledo at 7 p.m. Um, yes. So we will have more information about that being publicized probably by the beginning of next week. Um, we are working on making, um, some escort training for some folks in the Akron area who are interested in escorting at the abortion clinics there so that women may enter the building safely. Um, so we have some training program in the works as well. Um, and then we will be doing a Youngstown happy hour coming up in a couple weeks, um, exact date TBD. So uh, if people want to get involved, um, they can email me. It's Annie at ProChoiceOhio.org for any of the Northern Ohio um, events going on in Toledo or Cleveland or Akron or Canton or Youngstown. Um, <laughs> so if you're Central or Southern Ohio, you would be referred to my colleague, Randy. Um, ProChoiceOhio.org has a Get Involved section on their website as well. So if you're newly um, into the, this podcast or into NARAL, um, it's never too late to get involved and we will keep you posted with events as they happen okay uh let me throw a couple more uh on the uh the calendar um since we're up here in preterm they're uh getting ready for their bolathon season um i'm not sure that we're going to have this episode uploaded by the time their event tonight starts it's our kickoff party but search for preterm cleveland ohio on facebook um if you want to be a part of that bolathon uh also women have options uh we talked with stephanie a couple episodes ago from Women Have Options. Their Bolathon uh, will be in Columbus. Um, so information on all of those in the show notes. Um, also coming up uh, Thursday, March 9th. This is a new one we've uh, added to our uh, calendar. We're not mm. throwing it. Um, it's going to be put on uh, at the Dittrich uh, Museum of Natural History at Case's campus up here in Cleveland. Um, so uh, again, this is not our event. It's somebody that we're um, uh, promoting for them. Uh, Jesse Hill presents controversial coverage, faith and the fight to ensure contraceptives. Um, we thought that that sounded really interesting. So a uh, good link to that will be uh, in the show notes. Um, so everybody come out for a Bolathon kickoff party uh, events and uh, can go to the uh, Dittrich Museum up here at Case. Um, pretty good. Anything else? Hmm. Uh, as we, uh, you know, as we put more events on the calendar, we'll certainly keep our uh, followers updated. So um, stay tuned to our Facebook page at Narrow Pro Choice Ohio. Follow us on Twitter and uh, we'll keep everyone updated. All the good stuff. OK, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Toodaloo. <laughs>